today's theme, patterns for change. <laughs> um, and I was thinking about this theme and I, I was really imagining um, like coded patterns, like of like algorithms and things for patterns. But then this morning I woke up and started thinking about like a template or like a pattern for like clothing making as well. And like, you know, mm. oh my goodness, there's so many different patterns in the world to help us. Like, what is that? And um, this particular view that we have shared throughout our work with Convergences Collective is really leaning into understanding through practice uh, developmental movement patterns. Um, is one way that we literally develop from being a single-celled organism to being what we are in this very moment together. <laughs> a pathway that is not linear. <laughs> it can have some linear aspects to it, but it's not actually a linear pathway. But it is a pathway that has some reoccurring patterns um, in it. And so I thought um, we could spend a little bit of time, um, you know, talking about um, about this and that, you know, and really with this recognition that we as humans are built for change because we have these patterns encoded in us. Like that's just, this is how we we survive and and, and then hopefully thrive. <laughs> um, thinking about these naturally occurring patterns that give us the ability to adapt and to change and to grow. Um, and one of the reasons we have consistently worked in developmental patterns into our work with convergences, it's, it's a non, thinking on working developmentally often has a non-judgmental approach. Kate was saying about noticing the thoughts, but let's give it a little bit of space. It's like, you know, we can, we can like really kind of slow it down a little bit. Um, um, but before we go any further, I just want to turn it over to Kate Kohler Amory and, and ask this question as a fellow practitioner along the way of this developmental, this developmental life. <laughs> For you, when you think about the, like the developmental movement patterns, like what it, what is it, what, like why development? Like, why does it come up for you? And why do you work with this kind of way of thinking? Well, it's a very timely conversation because I, I was actually in a deep debate with uh, my very dear friend, who's an evolutionary, a human evolutionary biologist uh, who formerly taught at Harvard, now teaches at Queensland University. Anyway, we've been talking about um, new research that has come out about uh, development and developmental patterning. So anyway, very relevant. Why, why am I, why do I think about things this way? And I think that it boils down to uh, that, that I, that I understand things as action and reaction fundamentally that something happens 
and it causes an, an effect, a series of effects, and they ripple out. And development is one of them. And, and nature and biology is filled with infinite examples of this. It is one of the most basis, basic patterns of life is uh, replication and replication in response, essentially. I mean, that's, COVID is mutating. It's mutating in response. Like, so it's, we are in many ways, no different. We are mutating in response individually and uh, as, a, as a society, as a culture and as a species. So um, it, given support, we can, we can adapt and change in ways that are supported and sustaining, or we can adapt and change in ways that are inefficient and dysfunctional and cause dis-ease. Like, and so whether it's a, a emotional, psychological, physical, um, you know, in, in movement, patterning, uh, this, this, the principle is actually the same. And so I tend to subscribe to the understanding and belief that if we can repattern in the physical organism, we have a chance of repatterning the psychophysical, the emotional, um, and then the behavioral, and then the interpersonal, et cetera. So anyway, long answer, but I've been thinking about this a lot. <laughs> Great answer. Absolutely. And, and I think it is really timely. I mean, we're in such a crucial moment of development and, uh, you know, in this pandemic. We were before, and now it's heightened, 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 heightened. Um, so, uh, Kate Gibson, similar question for you. Like, you come at de developmental movement and practice it in many ways, not in just an embodied movement practice form, but also as a maker, as a creator, as a dreamer, as an editor. Yeah. And for you, like, what is it about these kind of like this, what is it about working with these movement patterns or developmental patterns that, that give you some juice or why do you keep returning to them? Right. Well, you know, earlier I was thinking about patterns, uh, fundamental patterns that then are used as sort of a building block for more complex uh, structures or patterns like music. So you have a musical scale that's very basic set of notes, but then from that scale of notes, like these chords are created and these different, you know, this different whole diverse musical experience comes out, which is both sound and lack of sound. And this, this playing with that fundamental scale that fun those fundamental rules of music and so in a similar way to like learning those basic uh musical skills or musicology the return to developmental movement is a way to keep having access to that fundamental thing to then play with so like if i if I am in my body and my body is articulated and I have given attention to all parts of it during that developmental warm up or as part of the practice and the work of the day, then I have so much more range and not just physically, but emotionally, et cetera, because of that attention that's been given. There's that return to the fundamental scale that you then remember like, oh, I have this and I can use this in this new creative way. I can do this new pattern. 
that, you know, might have not been available to me had I not sort of had that moment to ground and really bring my awareness fully into my body. So I think that's important. And I think just as a workaday thing, it's a great way to keep a dialogue open with your body so that even when it's not about the work, you can detect, like Kate was saying, dis-ease. Like, where is this? Like, I'm having a lot of uh, tension in my body right now. And I thought I was doing a pretty good job of like yoga and jumping on my trampoline and <laughs> trying to get that out. But, you know, clearly there's there's more to deal with than than 20 minutes on a trampoline is going to take care of. So back to what we were talking about last time about self, self-care self and titration. I think that developmental movement is a great tool to keep that dialogue with your body and to keep learning and deepening your own understanding of your body. Especially as Jeremy and I were talking about earlier today, we travel through ta- space and time and gravity and we age and our body is always changing. And so that's part of the reason you always return is because it's always different. <laughs> Every day is a new day. I remember one thing that Wendell Beavers said in a developmental class a long time ago that just blew my mind. He was like, you know, you're literally creating new neurological pathways. When you return to these fundamental ways of being, like there's like something, the potential for something new emerges. And we don't know what it is. It's not aimed at something. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna learn a skill. So I've created a new neurological pathway to know the skill. It's like, no, it's just making to, to make because it's healthy, supporting mm-hmm. change, 